0: Hey guys, and welcome to Biomast episode 108. Um, we got the usual crew in here. We got J-Bag, which is awesome. We got some cool topics lined up for you today. So uh, let's get started with some introductions. Start off with uh, top of the list with Zell.
1: I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I was uh, on this, the CPM. Um, I, I talk on this thing. Um, I think I'm the only person who's never missed an episode, and um, which shows you how much of a life that I clearly don't have. Um, and uh, sometimes I write things for our
0: blog. Fantastic, and Jason. Uh, yeah, well, I'm back from a,
2: a, a short hiatus, so I certainly appreciate that. Um, I have been messing around with a little bit of a uh, little bit of Overwatch here and there, and actually, you had to dive into some Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, my my kid is a deep Star Wars fan, so therefore, I I kind of am too. I was anyway, but that was pretty much the extent of it. And I would like to give a monster shout out to uh, Vault Tech Vault 108, uh, that is, I believe, somewhere south of the Canterbury Commons and northeast of that big ass factory uh, in the capital region. My
0: homage <laughs> to episode 108. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Livvy? Uh,
2: yes, I'm Livvy, uh, regular gamer, blogger, nothing else. <laughs>
0: Sweet, and I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, uh, co-host here on the show, and I write for the blog. So we've got a couple topics lined up for you guys tonight. Um, I know Zell had, a, had quite a few. We want to talk about a game he's been playing called City Skylines, is that right?
1: Yes. It's been out for uh, a while, but, okay. you know. I, I've I, never
0: heard of it, so it's going to be good to hear. i played dated things, so. Awesome. Um, and then Rainbow Succeeds, you said. And then we have some news with, uh, now, once again, CCP Logic Loop.
1: Um, we, we have I, CCP news. L- we can have I CCP start there? news.
0: Uh, can I start there? Uh, yeah, C- we'll good old start classic, like
1: Almost like CPM updates C- sort
0: of thing. C- old CPM updates. So, okay, let's hear it. What's, what's going on with uh, CCP Logic Loop?
1: Okay, so um, a little history for people who don't know um, is uh, CCP Logic Loop was the senior level designer for Dust, um, like, way, way. Way back, like two years ago, way back. Um, As far as I know, he was not still there as of when I was a CPM, so um, long time. Um, But uh, Logic Loop's really cool. He did um, stuff like the uh, Galante Research Facility, um, which was clearly designed for higher end consoles or something like that, you know. Um, The Caldari Production Facility, I think he did a bunch of the older ones too. Um, His his, uh, portfolio uh, is actually. Filled with all sorts of dust, concept work, and and uh, maps and sockets and stuff, and um, he he really did a lot of of the map work for Dust. Um, and uh, the the biggest exciting thing for me is that uh, so Logic Loop was my favorite pre-Ratadi dev, is before because he was he was around before there was the rotati and and Logic Loop was like best dev ever at the time. Um, and the key point of that is that, like, logic loop uh, A speaks English, um, which is a rarity of, among devs over there. Um, but uh, he he commonly posted, like, um, screenshots of wh- what, he, what maps he was working on and stuff on Twitter um, ahead of time. There was no, you know, he, he, there was not a lot of secrecy in what he was doing. It was very easy to see the progress he was making. Um, he was very open to discussion. He was on our uh the dust five one four i r c channel like every single week pretty much um because he's really a really cool dude um uh probably one of the coolest on there it's it's you know it's really hard to you know now we've got like, Ratati who's really cool and so there's it's 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 really hard but you know logic loop was my my favorite dev back in the day um and uh so uh his Twitter feed came up actually last sunday um i, I guess it was probably before our show last week, but I didn't notice it until I was poking around Twitter after our show. Um, he's just like, you know, his, his official Twitter was just like, I got lost somewhere and, you know, drunk or whatever. And, and, you know, I misplaced things for a couple of years or something. Um, and, uh, so he, he's, he's like, just, just starting back there and he's got like, he's starting to, um, you know, scribble down map ideas or whatever on, on paper. And, uh, um, you know, obviously a lot hasn't been explicitly said about Nova, but you know, um it's he's an FPS map designer. He stated on on the thing when someone asked about like making Project Nova this or that, he's you know, he said I don't make the game, just the maps. So, I don't do that. So, you know, but it, it's it's very clear that he is working on Project Nova, which means that Project Nova is at least still a thing as of like now. Um and I think it's a really good sign because he's awesome, and uh, you know I look forward to seeing his stuff again.
0: Yeah, I had actually never spoken to Logic Loop prior to this recent development, but just chatting with him on Twitter a little bit, he seems like a pretty pretty cool guy. Actually, he seems really chill, um, a, a lot more open certainly than than some of the other devs. I mean, I think that on his personal Twitter leading up to the dust shutdown, he was basically doing a countdown, which uh, happened to countdown to exactly the day that dust went offline. And uh, and he was excited about, you know, starting a new project that he, you know, couldn't talk about yet. But, you know, I I, I commented, you know, the timing of this is too perfect. You know, we'll we'll see how this plays out. And he, you know, kind of chuckled at that one. So I think, like you said, it's certainly telling that, you know, he's an FPS map designer. He came back right at the end of of Dust being shut down. And in in general, the devs have actually kind of been, uh, let's say, heavily implying that Nova is indeed a thing, at least for right now uh so you know the fact that they're hiring people to work on it isn't you know explicit confirmation but it's certainly very uh encouraging in that regard because you know if they're investing money into it chances are that they're getting the money from somewhere which is likely funding from ccp which means the game was probably greenlit um to some degree at least so you know we'll we'll see where it goes with that but you know really cool dude um you know, some of the maps that you, you, you named off there, like the Glenty research facility, you know, minus the lag, uh, I, I think was some of the, the best map design and dust, certainly better than a lot of the other stuff that was, you know, um, before him, I think. So yeah, it is good to see him back.
1: And the coolest thing to me, at least, um, and I, I
0: recall when he went into a whole
1: explanation of this, I assume it was in one of the, like, he, he actually wrote like three of the dev blogs. Um, he actually did kind of like it kind of an expository dev blog at one point about the whole process of all the steps that go into making a game map, um, which showed like you know that facility in various breakdown stages and stuff like that, um, which was really cool. Um, but one of the, the highlight points to me about the Galante facility was that it was really designed to feel like something that was actually in use. It wasn't just an FPS map for the sake of being an FPS map. Um, there was... You know specific areas there's actually there was navigation actually was the coolest thing is that they actually had like signs pointing you know this is this way, this is that way um that, that all more or less made sense if you stopped to read it um so yeah there you know, and there was a lot of cool stuff that went into that map, and it was really probably one of the more expansive, clever maps that we had with a lot of vertical ability that that actually worked um so yeah. Big fan of him. Um, really glad to see him back. And at the very least, it means that if they're hiring people, they have not canceled the game.
0: Well, and, and things seem, you know, pretty positive. Like I said, it's not just, you know, logically, but it's heavily implying. I mean, uh, I know on the forums at one point... Uh, Falcon, I think. uh, People were commenting about, you know, lore connections to how the shutdown is, and basically his response was not important, but the, the part that was important was him saying, the real question is, are you ready to become part of the... Uh, next generation of clone soldiers, which is you know, it, it, it certainly implies a uh, involvement with the futuring of uh, the lore and whatnot. And I believe that actually both the frame and the CCP frames and the official Dust Twitter, since I think he runs both, obviously, um, when they shut the game down, it said you know thanks to all the mercs and you know we, we look forward to the next chapter. So I mean, like I said, nothing is confirmed, but they're they're really heavily implying um that there is more to come so that that certainly is positive and you know who knows when we'll actually hear anything about it um but you know, either way i'd certainly pay attention to the forums pay attention to twitter um the devs are being more open than usual it's, it's a little weird but certainly welcome so it's, it's good to see that all right uh if there's no more comments on that i think we'll probably move forward with your other topics So, do you want to talk about uh city skylines and what that's all about sure i'll,
1: I'll knock that that one out um so yeah, on uh, Thursday night, um, and I think this may still be on sale as of this weekend, I don't remember, um, but they were saying it was on sale on Amazon, it's actually on sale on Steam directly as well. You get a Steam code through Amazon though, so it's it's really, um, it's a toss-up where you get it, it doesn't matter. But uh, it's usually about $30, and the game's down to uh, 12 Um and they have sales on their uh, DLC as well. Um, and City Skylines is actually from um, a company called Paradox Interactive. Um, the last time you may have heard of Paradox Interactive, if you're a regular listener to our show, is that they actually are the company that bought the, um, uh, World of Darkness IP from CCP. Um, so they have a, they have a variety of, uh, you know, smaller game titles that they run. Um, they do can, you know, they have both video games and some tabletop, you know, role-playing type of material, I believe. Um, and, uh. City skylines is more or less um, SimCity if it was made by someone more competent than whoever came up with the last version of SimCity. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's that's the best way to put it. It is uh, it is entirely a- available offline. First and foremost, it does not require servers to play. Um, it is available on Steam. You can get it, you can uh, save your your cities on Steam Cloud and stuff. So which I did. Um, because occasionally, my I use like old hard drives for my game installation folders, so sometimes they disappear. Um, but uh, it's like the biggest thing that really drove me nuts when I tried to play the new Sim City game is that uh, they give you a fairly small square of map to build in, and that's it. And and when you run out of space in that square, you end up figuring out how to pile more stuff in that exact square. So all your cities end up being exactly square cities, um, just because it's such a small. Area that they they shove you into, Um, and then you know SimCity has this whole had this whole notion that okay, so there's a region that has maybe you know six different city plots in it. So you could either run additional cities and trade back and forth to your other city, or you could have friends play on those other cities as well. Um, There's a couple options like that, which was cool. But the the really limiting factor was that narrow, tiny square for your city that it had to stay in. Um, In this game starts you with a a pretty straightforward square of space but they let you expand out and buy adjacent plots of land so your city can actually grow to be pretty expansive um i've been playing as i said for about nine or ten hours um and my city's fairly simple still it's only like twenty thousand people or whatever but i'm i'm already well larger than um a sim city uh city can be area wise um and uh they did a few, few things differently that are kind of neat. Um, I was really surprised for it being like, you know, not an EA title type of thing. Uh, how incredibly flexible it is uh, for, you know, a relatively small developer. Um, I, I did like this weird underground highway off-ramp that it took me forever to figure out how to do, but once I did, um, I was like, that looks really cool. I can do neat things like that. Um, there's just there's a lot of, of flexibility with it. There's a lot of stuff that it does. Um and uh I, I never really got lost figuring out what it was trying to get me to do. It was pretty well well built. Um it just it feels like I would expect sim the good SimCity versions like SimCity two thousand three and four, how those games would play today is what this game is. Um So, if you like games that you build cities that where you lose track of time and wonder, "Hey, when did it get to be 4 a.m.?" Cities, skylines.
2: That's that sounds like a pretty. I'm not a not a huge SimCity fan, but I've played them enough to um, to kind of appreciate the, um, I guess, sort of the creative aspect. I know a lot of people think they're kind of uh, cookie cutter. Once you kind of like play through it once or twice, those type of games, you sort of like get this formula that you like, and it's really. Really difficult to break off. Um, Do you, like, if you were going to play, if you're going to, like, kind of construct a city, start to finish in it, is there enough options in the game if you wanted to play through a second time that you could come up with something equally entertaining but wild, you know, like, with a very different pathway to get there?
1: I I think so. I mean, the biggest challenge to me is I don't like wrecking stuff. Um, I feel really bad. Um, So, like, you know, when you're a certain size city you know, at the beginning, and this is this has always been my challenge with SimCity 2, is you start with it and you can't, you can't, like, afford road. Road's expensive as heck when you start. And, and you have, so you have these little two-lane dirt roads everywhere. Uh, and suddenly that's now the center of your giant metropolis. Um, and you, it, it makes perfect sense. It's kind of like the way, you know, real cities work. In Chicago, you can barely get two cars to pass each other on the street because Chicago started being a thing before... You know, we needed five lanes of traffic going through a nine, uh, You know, a four-foot space. Um, so uh, you really face those kind of city designer challenges. And I, I think that I didn't like SimCity lo- enough, the new one, to actually try and play it twice. To be honest, <laughs> um, this one I, I, I do, I do enjoy it quite a bit. And I, I've already seen things that I was like, you know, I wish I would have done this better. I like, you know, they, I had a highway starting into my city and uh that that was pre-built coming into the city and i really built like right in front of it and that really shoehorned me later um and i wish i had maybe built started building kind of off to the side of it or something because um as soon as that that highway basically terminates in the smallest roads in my entire city Mm -hmm. um you know so i already have like this is what i would do differently slash better um if i did it again someday um but you know the the problem is for me is I I've, haven't finished the Shadowrun game that I started when uh, we reviewed that. So, you know, obviously finding time to play single player games for hours and hours upon end <laughs> is really narrow. And a game like, you know, I've been playing cities for, for 10 hours. I'm nowhere near like the furthest you can take this this city or this game. Um, and I, I don't have any idea how when I'm going to hit that limit where I'm like, OK, I've done this city. It's time to start another one. I don't know if I'll ever get there. I play too many games. I play more games than I have time to finish.
2: Yeah. That's that. That's a, a. Particularly if you. If you are fairly time crunched in that you have like a day job that requires like some level of activity in like a life. It's it's very difficult to be a, a, a semi-professional game reviewer. <laughs> I will give you that. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot you can do with it. There's a, um, I, I was really I'm really, as I said, kind of amazed at the uh, the cape the flexibility it gives you with building roads there's five billion flavors of road for God's sakes um, you know you've got your highways you've got your highways with the raised walls that you know reduce noise pollution you've got like your highway ramps you've got one-way streets you've got streets in two four or six lanes you've got uh, ones with grass on the side one with trees on the side ones with bus lanes on the sides bike paths I think on the sides um, it, there's there's really a lot of different ways you can go with it in terms of how you build stuff. Um, And if you were not like me, where you hate say, where you see like the Parker house, which is very inconveniently located for you. And some people would just like wreck it. I'm like, but people live there. I know it's inconvenient for the design of my city, but I can't move those people. If I like, if, if I wreck that house, yeah, I'll get another house somewhere else, but, but it's not them. I ruin those people's lives with my eminent domain lifestyle. I can't do that that's 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 what really sticks me with these games is i I empathize with the little like two millimeter high characters that you see walking down the sidewalk
2: well I, I, I think in all fairness that that has to be the mindset of the player that enjoys those kind of games
1: so um yeah so I enjoy it there's a lot you can do with it i there's like in addition to like the normal like zoning industrial commercial residential they they have they take it a bit further um you can actually there's light light and heavy uh, residential and commercial. Uh industrial. There's another one that technically counts as industrial but is separate called Office, which is for your more highly educated citizens. It doesn't pollute things but gives you lets you fill in that much needed there's a strong demand for industrial. Um, which is nice because I finally stopped polluting like half my city. Um there's uh you you can actually set like zones of industry and commercial to dedicate them to specific industries. So you can kind of like say, well, this commercial area is going to be like a a tourist area and then it'll get like tourist type businesses in there. Um, And you can say, well, this is going to be like a, a, you know, mining industry in this area and it'll pick up, you know, those sorts of companies. Um, So there's a, there's a a fairly deep amount of customization here. I would definitely say that it goes above and beyond uh, what SimCity offers. And, um, Oh, and and they ha- so they have two major DLC things, I think. One which adds more of the like, tourism-type stuff, and the other one which I've been afraid to buy. Um, they have an- the newest one is called Snowfall, and it adds, um, obviously, snow and having to deal with the problems that snow creates. And I'm a little afraid that if I buy it, I'm going to have to deal with it. <laughs> so-, <laughs> so I haven't bought that DLC yet.
0: That's pretty cool. I remember uh, back when I was young playing SimCity... Crap, might have been two thousand, I forget, but just simply because it was installed on the, you know, uh, Best Buy computer that my parents had bought.
1: SimCity um, two thousand was good freaking times. Yeah,
0: I I, I think it was two thousand. I remember it being really quite good and giant robots invading my city and blowing things up. So, you know, that was that was was pretty fun. Um I didn't quite understand that you don't actually have to put water pipes underneath every square inch of a building to service it with water, so my entire, you know, city block is <laughs> going to go water. Uh, but let me tell you, if something broke, there was ways for it to get around whatever broke. So we were usually in pretty good shape. Yeah. There was um,
1: uh, Cities does something interesting actually with that. Is um, I, I thought it was really weird. Is that um, so? The last SimCity game like abstracted away all power lines and water pipes to just say roads carry power and water. That's what the last SimCity game did. It's just like you know what, screw it, don't deal with it. it, it put a road there, you're good.
0: Um, well that's pretty that's pretty normal for real life too though i mean you don't typically run power lines underneath buildings because if you have to fix right. it it's kind of hard to you know fix it
1: um but i mean it wasn't like a thing you had to manage at all you you never had power lines in in the
0: Last Sim city
1: um this one power is kind of organic it's not tied to you have power lines but you don't need them if your buildings are adjacent um so assuming underground wiring when you build the building or something i don't know Um, So if your buildings are nearby, you never need power lines. You can run power lines out to things that you put far away, like your trash dumps, your power plants, your prisons, etc. Water pipes are not automatic, though, um, but as long as you get them generally somewhere in the vicinity, because they're really just your water mains, um, those you just throw underground wherever, and they cover a pretty wide area. Um, But uh, yeah, so they did that a little differently, too. Um, And uh, that's, that's, that's my review.
0: Yeah, I have to check that out. Um, where did you buy it and how much does it cost?
1: I bought it um well, I bought the game itself on Amazon, which gave you a Steam code, um, and it was twelve dollars on discount on sale. It might still be on sale this weekend, I don't know. Um it's usually thirty, so it's not like a full price game to begin with. Um and uh Steam had the sale as well. I got the DLC on Steam for like seven dollars.
2: Okay, that's pretty
0: not cool. Bad. Yeah, no, that's reasonable for for a solid game. It's certainly worth picking up if you're into that. I mean, my background's in civil engineering, so I eat this stuff up. I just hadn't really taken the time in the past few years to, to try a SimCity game, but if you uh, suggested, I might take a look at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would heard good things about it before. I eyeballed it at Steam sales. I was constantly told, this is like SimCity, but better. Um, but I hadn't actually like pulled the trigger on it, and I tried it this week. and I'm
0: like, this is actually really good. Awesome. Well, we we'll be sure to check that out uh moving forward i know that another game you tried recently was uh rainbow six siege right
1: yes so um uh as as previously mentioned um i i always as as soon as we saw the trailers i thought rainbow six siege looked amazing and looked really cool um but uh i also know it's one of those games that uh, generally is it's a team game co-op game you need friends i don't have friends um my friends that would play it, like Jay, have, like, consoles for some reason. I, it, it's, I, I don't know. So, <laughs> I, you know, $60 price tag on the game, and me not being sure I'd have people to play it with well. Um, I passed on it when it came out. Um, but uh, what I saw this week, they announced, and I guess this is continuing through November, so this is definitely still going to be available price-wise after I finally get this show posted. Um is that Rainbow Six Siege has what's now called the Starter Edition. I know it's this This is available on PC. I do not know if it's also available on console. Um, somebody can look it up if they want. Um, but uh, so the Starter Edition is $15, so quarter of the price of the game, and well in my impulse buy territory. Um, and I guess what you get for it is you get the whole game, but the way that operators unlock is much, much slower than if you buy the $60 version of the game. Um, I haven't really shopped around, um, but I get the impression you can just buy he- buy your operators outright in this game with cash, um, so they're kind of figuring you're going to be more likely to just buy operators if you buy the cheaper edition of the game.
0: That's, you know, is there a way to upgrade it after you purchase it, or are you stuck with the starter edition once you buy it?
1: I don't know. I have no idea.
0: Because, like, I'm kind of, like, okay with the idea if they're not going to give, like, a full demo, I mean, which would be nice, but if they're just going to give a, uh, you know, a cheaper version that's, you know, slower unlocks, it's kind of sleazy, I guess, but, you know, people are going to try it for 15 bucks but if it's like, I'm like, oh my god, this isn't worth the effort of unlocking it, I'll just pay for the rest of it. Um, I don't want to have to spend sixty bucks on top of it. I'd rather just pay the remaining, you know, forty five. For all
1: for all I know, you can get the rest of the operators for forty five bucks. I don't know how much stuff costs. I didn't look.
0: Um, so
1: yeah, I mean, I I I don't know if you're permanently crippled or some way on your Steam account or or whatever. Um, it is it does just classify on Steam as Rainbow Six Siege. Um, after you've bought it, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure how that works. Um, I haven't gotten far enough in the game to want to know um
2: i'm not uh, you, you know times uh, for the there's not like the the offers that you unlock in that game i mean it they give you some different capabilities here but it's uh, it's not that big of a driver for me it's not like a like hey i must unlock this because that you because you gain decided advantages because you can use Pretty much anything in the, in the baseline starter, you know, from the baseline starter operator still be quite viable in that game. Um, just that this, you know, thoughts on it. I'm not really sure. And it's just an interesting way to monetize something that I don't think they have any other real monetization in that game, do they?
0: No idea. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be similar to a like a free-to-play model where you're getting the base game, and then if you want to unlock stuff faster, you can pay to do so. Um, it's just in this case you have a $15 base fee, but, you know, I, I guess that's okay. I guess these is probably the wrong word to use. Just a, um,
1: it's a different way to go it, around paying for it, I guess. Right. You can yeah, decide I mean, whether or not you want to buy in and buy everything, or you want to
0: buy cheap through
1: upgrade later. Or or just grind through it, or just play it a little bit, or whatever. I figured, you know, fifteen dollars. I don't know if I'm gonna like it. I don't know if I'm gonna play it very much. It's already been out for a while, so I'm guessing it's probably a lot less players than normal. Um, so fifteen bucks, no problem. Why not? Um, yeah. But so the actual game, um, the game looks amazing. I'm impressed. Um, since I've been playing, you know, uh, games like uh Overwatch, um, it's been a while since I've seen like the best hyper-realistic FPS's can do, so um, I'm impressed. It looks really cool. Um, I don't think they do a very good job explaining the controls of the game at all. Um, there are things that I still don't know how to do that I know you can do. Um, I think I need to stare at the key binding menu for a while. Um, I'm still in the tutorials. I There's like, uh, there's like 11 single-player situations that uh, I I'm not sure if they're really tutorials per se entirely. I think they're meant to be. Um, I, I, I'm stuck. i stuck. I got through um, like six of them. Um, there's one that's like asset protection where there's like one dude and you've got like two destructible walls in front of you and you're supposed to keep them alive for like four minutes. And and I, I tried it like three times and I was just like, screw this, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at this game. Um, I, I I got through... Most of the other situations barely after a couple of attempts. Um, there's a few of them I really only got through because after doing it x number of times, I knew where each guy was. <laughs> so I'm I'm a little worried about how this is going to go when I try the uh, multiplayer game modes. Um, but uh, I, I did like it. It was it was cool. It was interesting. Um, there are game modes that don't suck. Um, there's like a bunch of different objectives instead of just like three so um yeah that's that was my thoughts on
2: siege yeah cool, cool. so it's pretty fun yeah I, I mean it it does have a very limited scope to what you do with it uh you know most of the people they really got into it for a little bit then they fit you know they like it a lot they fig but once you figure out that that's literally all the game is is those very little window of uh activities they do it's kind of a like a Combat game, things they do in between other games, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I, I have yet to try it, but I, I I'll I'll take a look at it. For fifteen bucks, that's that's kinda of, like you said kind of within the impulse buy uh, range. And I, I do have some friends that have played it and I chose not to jump on it when the game was at full price, but it might be worth, you know, hopping in there and give it a go and see uh, if it offers, you know, some amusement for a few hours. So I'll certainly take a look at that um moving forward uh so overwatch uh game oh. i have not yet played but oh wait wait just a moment oh. i i looked this
1: up as you were closing out the topic i was hoping i could slip oh. it in there before no. you moved on and i missed by all means sorry um according to forbes which is totally where i get my gaming news um the starter edition is solely on pc so um unless you have a pc that can play it you cannot get it for 15 dollars
0: Gotcha. That's, hmm, interesting. Okay, well, uh, well, we'll see, because I think my friend has it on PS4, so I I don't see myself hopping on it if it's not to, to play with him, so maybe we'll pass on that one. But uh, anyways, uh, so, Overwatch. Uh, a game I have not yet played, but I know Jay has been playing around with a bit, right? Is that correct? Oh, he, he had a um. Uh, and I know, obviously, he's also playing it because he is a Blizzard fanboy and, you know, naturally hopped in the I first love, chance he got. I love Overwatch. So... Uh, what Overwatch doesn't like is cheaters, which is why Blizzard has banned over fifteen hundred people in the last week um, for cheating in the most awesome hardcore way possible. So we will put the
2: hammer down.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I, I know there's a character with a giant hammer um, in the game, and so there's Ryan just fly around. Yeah, with the giant word "bam" across I, I, his hammer.
2: <laughs> I totally, totally want the 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 little. Icon for the devs on uh, on the Overwatch forums to now be Reinhardt, just so you know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it should be a, a skin that you can unlock for reporting there's, a, a ban <laughs> or a, a cheater. You get the ban hammer character. There's a wonderful,
1: uh, a wonderful uh, victory animation, because um, uh, Overwatch, for people who haven't played... Um, Three of you
2: that haven't played. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it has a play of the game thing at the end of each match where it picks, you know, a, a player and shows a clip. And it has a little intro to the play of the game. And it's based on your hero. And there's a couple of them available. They're animated. They're nifty. Um and there is one that, that Reinhardt you just see him just swing his hammer and slam it down right in front of the camera of your screen. Um and I I feel like these people um, were under that.
2: <laughs> I, I, I do. Yeah. I, you know, th- this is this is I, I. After all the trials and tribulations of the division, and the the problems that they have with you know cheats, hackers, exploiters, and things like that, I'm absolutely having a, a just a a ball with this one in terms of uh, you know folks getting hammered by Blizzard. No pun intended. What I actually wish it would do though is allow them to load the game, and all they see is that animation that Zell is talking about. And like a like a brief, you've been banned. You know that's that, and that's all they get. That's I would love that.
0: Yeah. So for those who have been, haven't been following, like I said, they've they banned fifteen hundred people in the last uh, last week or so. I think and I'm not sure if that's um, uh, domestic or international, but either way, that's a lot of players that, that have gotten wiped out. And it's like. The mother of all bands. Like, people have gone as far as wiping their PCs and buying a new copy of the game, and Blizzard somehow detects that it's them again and rebans them. Like, if you cheat and get banned, you are done for life. Like, I, there's probably some convoluted way that Zell could explain to get around um, this super ban, but. Either way, you're going to have to spend a lot of money or effort to get around this thing. They're, they're making it extremely difficult for banners, or for cheaters, to get back into the game in any form, no matter what they do.
2: Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, this is, I mean, this is pretty much all PC crowd, right?
1: Um, uh, I don't know. I, I they didn't would, really state it, I think. So, yeah. I would, I, mean, I, would I assume,
2: assume the vast majority of... of cheaters in, in
3: probably games the, Probably probably at least
1: early on yeah, yeah. I mean it, it takes a lot more effort in terms of having a hacked console to uh, pull off a lot of bands uh, a lot of hacks on, uh, on a console um, I, I did uh, send you a YouTube link by the way I hope you, you clicked it um, it's funny <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah so given that they're not tracking based on computer I'm guessing you know they, they probably pay attention to IP address um, if you're if you have a DHCP address, I suppose you could ask your ISP to rotate it, and sometimes they do. Um, I assume that they catch people who use the same credit card over and over like idiots. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, if you got a different email address, a different credit card, or bought it retail at a store and, and wiped your PC and got your IP address rotated, you would effectively have to be like a completely different human being in their system. But uh, um, yeah, that's a good ban. Um, because there were definitely people in some of the games I played before that you could tell they, they would get banned and then just buy the game again and start over. Um, you know, uh, one of my, my pet peeve rants back when I played Call of Duty, um, was that Call of Duty switched to Valve Anti-Cheat a, a few years back and, and Valve Anti-Cheat would not ban people for like a month and a half. Um, Because they would do waves every couple of months. So you'd have people that the system knew were hackers, you knew they were hackers, but they wouldn't get banned for a long time. So people would get banned after like, you know, a month or two, and then they'd buy the game again, play it again, cheat again, um, and then still have yet another month or two on that before they got banned again. Um, And uh, so clearly, Blizzard is not happy with that, and they are not going to uh, stand for that.
2: That's that's probably a good thing. Now, the just a quick segue off this one. It's, I think, one of the... Re- no, well, I don't know this for a fact, but I could surmise that one of the reasons that Blizzard is uh, really decisively going after them, and, and and I think, frankly, making a serious statement about it, uh, there is a, a whole lot of buzz right now uh, in like the esports community that Overwatch may be kind of the next big thing. And if you if you want to kind of foment that idea... Having an incredibly uh, rigorous, like anti-hack, anti-cheat mechanism uh, and policy built into your game is is clearly supportive of, of pushing it in that way. So that there may be there may be some connection there. I don't know. I mean that that might be just be literally just happenstance, uh, but that is definitely something that I've been reading uh, and hearing about lately. Here, like over the last week or so. Uh, reference Overwatch, that there there's a big push in the esports community to to maybe take a hold of this thing. So you know you never know there there could be some mild linkage there.
0: No, I think you're spot on. I think that if you've like you said, this game is certainly given its popularity and certainly the reviews it's getting. I think it's got the stage is set for. Uh, you know like an esports platform and if a game gets you know the stigma attached with it oh it's full of cheaters and you know they don't really ban people who cheat no one's gonna touch that thing with a 10-foot pole so i think that especially initially you said they need to really come down extremely hard very brutally to to show hey we are not gonna let this happen you know it's gonna be fair play for everybody and if you don't play fair you're gone um if they want the game to explode much like uh, League of Legends did, they they really have to be make a strong statement about that. I think they certainly are. And it is refreshing to see them taking it very seriously, because I mean, in, especially in PC games, like, uh, you know, even with discussion about Nova, for example, one of the biggest fears of moving to PC was, oh, it's going to be full of cheaters, it's going to be awful. Um, and I think it's important to understand that just because a game is on PC doesn't mean it's gonna be full of cheaters. It depends on how well the company programs their game, puts in anti-cheat devices and how well they, you know, handle cheaters. And I think that, you know, at least in this case, Blizzard is, is setting a very good example and I hope that, you know, people understand that it's really up to the company to make sure that, you know, this stuff doesn't happen. And I think it's great that they're that they're moving forward with that. And
1: Blizzard has a ton of experience with this. Um, obviously they all their games are built for esports, and all of their games have been used in esports. Um, obviously, the arena mode with Warcraft, World of Warcraft uh, was heavily esported by them, at least, internally um, at their own events. Um, StarCraft, obviously, um, Here's the Storm has its tournaments as well, and then um, I, I guess, well, Diablo doesn't really have any esports presence at all. Um, yeah, that's, that I've, that game's never, not
2: really set up well. I've, for it, I've never
1: played it, so I I don't know. I own it, but I've never played it. Um, wait, but wait, uh, you've
0: never played Diablo?
1: No, I I I own what? Diablo three. I I got Diablo three for free for owning like for being subscribed to WoW for the full year, but I never um I never played it. I installed I, it once, but I never played it.
0: Um, I figured you'd be all over that. That that really surprises I've, me.
1: It's really it's really an oddball. I I've just I've never played it. Um. But uh, you know they've had they've had a focus on on smashing cheaters with large objects um, for a very long time. Um, World of Warcraft was probably one of the earliest games to have a really sophisticated anti-cheat agent running in the background, watching like all of your key presses and your hardware and your running processes and stuff. It's actually a, a anti-cheat software if you actually look into it. It's really creepy how much it pays attention to on your computer while you're while your games are running. Um, it's very common though, um, but theirs was probably one of the first that really got going. I'm trying to remember what its name is because it sounds imposing and scary, um, like Sentinel or something. Um, but uh, yeah, so they've been doing it a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if they use the same the same software really with all their games um, because of just it. It looks at your system essentially while it's running at a at a decent level. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's there's that, and they're good at it and um, stuff. The other thing I want to mention is other potential cheat methods that maybe someone like CCP might look into um, is uh, my personal favorite, which is um, Titan Falls, um, where cheaters simply get don't get banned. They just get placed in a queue where they can only queue up with other cheaters. So the best tax win, and non-cheaters aren't burdened by you. Um, and I, I think that's a really cool strategy because it doesn't take away the game people paid for by saying, well, you can't log into the game you paid $60 for. You can, you're just not going to ruin everyone else's day. Um, And uh, so that I thought was a really cool method, and it kind of deters, probably deters rebuying the game, because you still have it, and you can still run your cheats. You just will only be playing against other people who cheat.
0: It kind of sets up a, a funny meta of, you know, like you said, whoever has the best hacks wins. I mean, it, it could actually in itself be its its own kind of game where, you know, the, the game is a secondary and the and the primary is, you know, who can break it the best. is it's. it's I, I can see some people actually getting behind that if, if they're really into that sort of thing.
2: That uh, doesn't, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I, th- I think, you know, Blizzard is, uh, of all the, what I would call like, you know, the, you know, like, like the top tier sort of big name game studios. Um, Blizzard, I think is the most consistent at putting out high quality products. They don't, you know, they don't whiff on a lot, frankly. Uh, And what their MO is basically they, they dive into a genre or a market after a whole lot of people has put out some good offerings. And then they really distill it down to a high quality game experience. And that, and that's, that is sort of what they've done with overwatch so i it and and zil by the way absolutely correct a lot of their games they're not certainly built with esports in mind but i guarantee you at some point in the concept process they're thinking well particularly this late in, like at, at this point they're you know, in terms of their library it's pretty mature i guarantee you at some point in, the, in the, the concept development or you know they're how can how can this be put out in a competitive format you know, particularly an FPS game, uh, it's sort of tailored to that. But it's it's pretty impressive. Um, Pokey, you mentioned some of the reviews it's getting. Just a, a quick note, like for those of you that kind of um, you know dig into like game media and stuff like that, GameInformer.com or you know GameInformer magazine. I guarantee you've seen this magazine. It's been out for 25 years. Uh, they've I believe they have only given out 27 uh, 10 out of 10s. Uh, and like the history of you know, game reviews for their, I want to say it's 25 year, uh, 25 year history. Overwatch is, the, is uh, I think the number 27th or 28th uh, game. And if you think about that, all the different video games have come out and they're very, they're, they're a pretty serious publication. I mean, uh, game
1: Informer is the one that mm-hmm. uh, um, GameStop pushes really hard. Is like they're uh, right. Cause with GameStop, yeah. you get like fifteen bucks for a year. You get the discount card and and the magazine subscription. That's that's Game Informer, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, that's, that's okay. correct. And what, now, and I did a little bit of checking on that too. And and they are not owned by like GameStop does not own Game Informer. Game Informer, they basically it was a partnership deal, so it, it increased their their exposure dramatically. But they've got a really cool like subscription you can get on your on your mobile device, your iPad or whatever. Uh, so I get I get that, and they put out. You know, I'll plug them right now. They, they have a really, really high quality podcast. It's usually about an hour and a half, two hours long. About the first hour is pretty similar to this format that we're doing. And then in the second half, they do like a like a, a little intermission break, and they have a. Um, you know, a real deep dive session with either a a game developer or they talk like to have bring in two or three different ones and talk just about like how guys do audio for games or something like that. But it's, it's actually a really technical or can be a relatively technical and deep discussion about game design and game development. So there's uh, a, it's kind of a neat thing. Like the first half of it is really a, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that literally quite literally get paid to, like review and talk about video games and uh and they go you know go at it pretty pretty good and then the second half is much more technical in nature but it's usually really entertaining but anyway they 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 do not hand out 10 out of 10s very you know it's very very rare and they go out of their way to to try to play things very even steven in their uh in their reviews so i was kind of it didn't surprise me necessarily but you usually don't see 10s coming out of them so I I saw the the review that came out and I was actually listening to the podcast and uh you know when they announced what they were what they were laying out and it's pretty cool cuz he literally went down and justified uh why he gave it a 10 and they did something that I thought was very interesting when they do a 10 out of 10 on the podcast what they do they, they go back to all the way to the first uh the first 10 out of 10 they ever gave which I you know it's probably some N64 game or whatever the hell it was and they they literally All 27 are like, is overwatch better than X is overwatch better than Y, you know, and, and it, it ranked pretty high in there. Uh, I would say it's clearly in the top, you know, top 20%, you know, uh, maybe the top, top five, top, top seven, something like that out of all the games they've ranked.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really wanna. <laughs> I mean, w- with all things Blizzard, I always kind of assume there's a level of bias and that the fanboys are just all over it. But it really does seem like the game is extremely solid, since it, it's being pretty much verified and, and multiple sources that it's just a very very solid, you know, well well designed game. So, you know, I, I I'm certainly looking at it a bit more than I was before. I mean, unfortunately, I have a lot of games I want to play right now, so I probably won't hop on it right away. But you know, it, you know, like you said, it's it's obviously getting you know top marks from companies or, or reviews. Sites that don't give that very often, so that's that's very telling.
2: Yeah, the, I mean, the, the best thing I, the, one of the things I think is a hallmark of Blizzard. And by the way, I, I am not a huge. Uh, I've rarely played Blizzard games. I dabbled with uh, Diablo and go. Let's say that seven times real fast. Um, I kind of messed around with Diablo many years ago. Uh, Zel did get me into Heroes of the Storm for a little bit, which, by the way, I, I'm. I do not like MOBA games. It's just not a a form of game I like, but they made Heroes of the Storm. It's very accessible. You can get in, you can play right away, just about, and and be okay. You can kind of grasp what's going on. It's not nearly as toxic as, like, League of, League of Legends. Uh, and and I think, again, they have this sort of formula, and I don't, I'm not really sure how they, how they bake it in, but they make the games, you know, Overwatch, as an example, very accessible. You can very quickly jump into it. My seven-year-old plays it and loves it. And, and he, like, he, and there's, there's something about it. Like, you can get into it real quick. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can go into some crazy, crazy strategies uh, and on-the-fly tactic shifts that you can do because of the, the how well they've done the characters. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. And then, like I said, I've only done it, like, a few times. But if you get, like, four, like, at least, you know, like, three or four, but if you get, like, a even just two people, uh, and you're working together and you're changing out characters and loadouts uh, according to the situation, you're, you're really coordinating. It is wicked good. Uh, like just absolutely awesome. And the thing that I found about it was like, so in dust, if you couldn't talk to somebody, you had absolutely no confidence that they were going to do anything that you needed them to do to help you win a match as an example. Whereas in this game, what I find consistently is that uh, if somebody finds like a one or two characters that they like and it's like their niche, you know, they like that, they will start to learn how to use that character. And you can work around them and you can switch because the way that in the map design is really, really, really uh, solid in it. So even if you can't talk to them uh, and you're playing solo, you can still have a really good game experience. And that that's, that's sort of one of the things that I was very taken aback by. Uh, it you know, obviously looks graphically visually storyline mode you know there's no story mode in it but it the game itself and on all the pieces around it tell a good story but that's one of the big things i was actually surprised about is how well the non non-coordinated matches are because you know like i'm used to to playing games that require a high level of coordination and teamwork you know siege yeah no i mean like i mean siege dust world tanks eve stuff like that those aren't those aren't games that really lend itself to doing anything solo. Uh, but you can have a lot of fun in in uh, Overwatch that way. So that's that's my third or fourth review of Overwatch. But I, I keep coming back to it because it's just it's really fun. I, I, it's probably one of the more fun games I've played in a long time.
0: Yeah, sounds good. And, and one thing that I didn't realize is that I just assumed the game was $60 on all platforms. And apparently it's actually only 40 on on... Um... On PC, so that's an, that's another thing no. that wasn't exactly you know. Um... Yeah,
1: I guess it was sixty for me. I it's I think there's like a, a I think when they launched it, I just thought sixty because um, they had like you know the Origins edition with the extra skins and whatnot that are exclusive for the launch and whatnot. And that, right, that was that sixty. Was 60. Mm-hmm. And if you just wanted just the game, that's forty, I guess, for, for on PC. You know, consoles as usual, they scam everyone and charge extra money, whatever.
2: Well, yeah. No, that's I'll I'll take you up. I after I played the beta, and which think about this, just like no kidding, the beta that they released that that uh, we played. Zell like that, that is no different. They they did nothing to that game other than just unlock a few of the features.
1: I'm still I'm still that, better that though. Had, that was duplicate. not a beta.
2: You realize yeah. that all that was. was it's a, a it's great a great form of advertising.
1: Yeah, it's it's very. I think it's really common now. In that in that case, a lot of games that are really polished have you know betas that are really just, hey, can we um, try it for free, limited time, and then you have to buy it if you want to keep playing. Um, Although, I I mean, really what I think um, it was, because Overwatch was in closed beta for a really long time, and I think that they did probably make a lot of changes during that time. I don't know, I wasn't in it. Um, Much to my sadness, I tried many times to get a closed beta key. Um... When you do like an open beta like that for a couple weeks before the game launches, when it's such a narrow window until game launch that really you can't... It's not like you're going to make huge groundbreaking changes to the game. Um, Really a lot of it's load testing. Um, Overwatch had the smoothest launch of any Blizzard game ever. Um, I'm used to basically saying like when a WoW expansion would launch or whatever, you'd just say don't even play the first day. Because the first day it's not going to work. You'd have your server crashing all the time overwatch launched beautifully and I, I think that was a big part of what the that big the short but large-scale open beta was for was to load test the servers make sure make sure that they could mm-hmm. handle the, the uh, massive flood of people
2: yeah you know that that's there's probably something to that at best all they could have really done was like uh, you know like server-side they were like tweaking uh, maybe a, like a little bit of balance stuff between the characters maybe maybe uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. That's that is also what what was striking to me is like I'm coming off of playing the division quite a bit, and then I jump into Overwatch, which it is a different, you know, it's a very different style of game, but just all the fits and starts that Ubisoft had with uh, with the with the division, I, I was it, it almost like put the Overwatch in like just this really stark contrast of like, yeah, the game should be this good when you release it. That's a pretty cool idea, huh? You know, it, it was it was kind of one of those sort of things, and and I kind of put it off as after the beta, like maybe maybe I was may, maybe it's kind of like uh, you kind of do the bad light thing, you know, where it's like in good light it's it's good, in bad light it's bad, but you know, comparatively, but more the more I play Overwatch, I was like, no, that's it's just a really well put together game. It's very it's simple, but it you can get a lot of good uh, a lot of good play time out of it, uh, particularly compared to some of the other ones out there.
1: And that's that's Blizzard polish, ease of use, you know this and that. They're not always the first ones to the table on a on a genre, but when they get there, they do it right.
2: Yeah, uh, you know well the the thing I kind of like is uh, y- you know from a monetization standpoint, it's all about it's really it really is all about you know vanity activities or just like like almost funsies. Uh, you know, there's nothing it is, in the game. You it's know, other obviously than gaming, you know. obviously
1: it's not remotely pay to win. But I'm still bitter about it. Um, I, really? I would I would probably spend money on it if um, if I could buy the things that I actually want. Um, if what I could buy well, like if I could buy that skin that I want, I would oh, do oh, it. Oh oh
3: um,
1: no, oh I for, see for you, people okay. for people yeah. who don't know, I expected because um, so uh, items in in uh, in Overwatch vanity items have a cost um, that can be bought with these coins, and so my assumption. Um, playing the beta is well, well. Surely in release, they will let us buy these coins so we can buy whatever the heck we want cosmetically. That is not what they went with. Um, they went with the. Um,
2: uh, you gotta, can buy loot boxes. What do they call them in dust? Loot box. No, yeah, whatever. What, what they
1: what they call them in dust? Lock boxes, right? Yes. yes lock strong boxes. Strong boxes. Strong boxes. Strong boxes. Is, yes. that's right. They went the strong box model. You can buy like. It's like a dollar or a strongbox knockoff. Um, loot crates. So you get loot crates. Um, and uh, each loot crate has like four things in them. Most of them are suck, like sprays or voice things you'll never use or see. Um, the cool ones are the really, really good high quality skins, which are often like marked as legendary. I've gotten two of them since I got the game. Uh, the epic ones are pretty nice. Um, but yeah, so... It's like a dollar a box. There's a discount if you buy like twenty or forty boxes in a row, um, but yeah, it's I don't like spending money to not necessarily get what I want. If I'm gonna spend money on the game, give me what I freaking want.
2: Well, now now that is true. I, I will say this though: the other thing you can get is actually piles of those coins. So I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that. Like I, I was actually kind of surprised, like the drop rate in the, the loot boxes. Like I'm like level. 16 or 17, something like that. And I'm, I'm kind of with you. I got two, uh, like two yellow, you know, the gold your legendary skins already. There's, it, it's a pretty decent drop rate. You know, it's not, it's not bad. Uh, at least that's, you know, it's my opinion. But, it's, but, but your,
1: your loot box quantity is going to, it thins out as you level. So, you know, cause that, you get, you get a loot box each time you level. So leveling gets slower and slower. You got a ton of loot boxes right at the beginning to suck you in. And now. No,
2: no, no, but yeah, but what I'm saying is like in those loot boxes, you can get these coins too. So over the course of so not only did I get a couple good skins, but I had enough. I got enough coins to actually buy the legendary uh, McCree skin. Like the, it was the gambler skin that I wanted. So that, right. like that so far has worked out for me. And I think this is one of these games where now I do agree with you though. Like it, kind of the classic um like here's the storm you can you purchase the skins the skin packs you want or stuff like that i i, I think i like that or at least buy the coins you know i i would be okay with that um
1: because i mean the thing is, is it's, like, it's not
2: that bad though
1: it's not that bad in the fact that you don't need it but i would never buy them i will never buy loot boxes in overwatch because you know sure an outfit in um You know, a skin and dust was $10. An outfit in Black Desert can be like $29. Um, But for that $29, I got the exact costume set that I wanted. Whatever stripper esque looking thing that is for my female character. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But. If you spend, you can spend like four, the biggest bundle of loot boxes you can buy for Overwatch is like $40, and you have no way of knowing what, if you will actually get anything that you want in that set of 40 loot boxes, or 50 loot boxes you get for $40, whatever. I mean, yeah, no, I you could spend <laughs> $50 and not get the item you wanted, and you complain about $10 skins for dust, so, you know, well, I, th- I, I'd rather I, buy outright. i that.
2: I think I think that's I think that's probably okay. But like at the end of the day, it's I, I, I for some reason um even though even though the cost per skin might be there, i still I still enjoy getting en- enough of the stuff out of loot boxes. Um uh, I'm kind of okay with it. And all it they does joyfully is the...
1: explode when you click yeah. on them. It's wonderful. It's it's uh Hearthstone does the same thing. You, you they just explodes into things.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's actually pretty cool. I, I do I do like it quite a bit. Like, I, I think they have a good model and I think they're pretty smart about it. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that, um, that they've announced that all future maps and characters, which they're already planning. And in fact, I think they've, they've kind of released. They, they art, don't, they, promised
1: they promised that they will the never free. charge for characters.
2: Yes. Right. Which I think is, I, I think that's a genius idea. I mean, they're, they're going to keep everybody on the, on the same. You're not going to split your player base. Oh uh, God. That's... That
1: that's, Those are my horrors of Call of Duty was the, uh, well, this, these are the rooms that the normal players can join, and these are the players, that, the room that the people who bought the first DLC pack can join, and these are the rooms that the people who bought the second DLC pack can join, and if you wanted a, a random shuffle of all of those maps, well, screw you, you can't.
0: Yeah, Battleborns doing the same thing. They've all of their maps and characters are going to be free for everybody because they basically said that if you start charging for characters, you run into the issue of, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> you have to this characters overpowered and you have to buy him to basically, you know, be competitive, therefore it's pay to win. And and the issue that you brought up out where you have maps where, you know, now you're trying to mix cues together and try to get people to actually, you know, work together to you know, you get the right maps and whatnot. It's just a pain in the ass, and I think it's that really needs to be the model for the style of game. If you're going to release new characters and maps, it just needs to be free. Make your money somewhere else. You know,
1: and skins are easy money because again, you know, oh yeah, people, people will pay for that stripper oh, outfit. Yeah.
0: and it's it is great because it doesn't affect gameplay at all. There's no advantage other than you look cool, which except, except the
1: except the except the uh, the one one costume in Black Desert that they had to nerf.
0: I'm not going to even ask. <laughs> <laughs> there, they,
1: there's a Black Desert has like this uh, camouflage suit that makes you look like a bush, and it's the only it's the only costume in the game that uh, masks the uh, character name being over your head. So oh, you actually gotcha. it actually is hard to see that someone is there when they're wearing it, and it and so it's for world PvP. It was kind of
0: mean. Gotcha. and you could only buy it with cash. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I hate that shit. All right, um, we're, we're kind of pushing the hour mark here. So let's transition to our last topic, which is E3, which I apparently did not even remember see coming because I thought that E3 happened like last month. So E3 is coming in, I believe, June 14th or something like that. And there's a couple of cool cool uh, topics that are popping up. So I know that Jay had a few things he wanted to talk about on that. So what's up, man?
2: Yeah, so uh, it, that is coming up short. Uh, and I did, I've did i been doing a little bit of research on it, trying to figure out kind of what the, uh, the new hotness is going to be that they're going to talk about. And and there's a couple things going on. So E3, generally, most people realize that's sort of uh, traditionally has been one of the really big uh, media-only type game events. Now, over the last couple years in particular, a lot of the big game developers have kind of been breaking off of E3 and running their own that's more... um, more fan base friendly or more fan base centric, as opposed to just pure media. E3 is designed predominantly as a media driven event, as opposed to um, like a Comic-Con or something like that, where you have like just thousands of actual fans in there.
3: Things
2: so, like
1: BlizzCon and FanFest, yeah, which are ex- company exactly. specific as well.
2: Exactly. So if, if you look at kind of the five, probably the, the most the, the largest in terms of like per capita game uh, game developers uh, Activision EA Ubi, Bethesda and and Square Enix like I I th- it looks like right now Activision and EA will not be uh, will not have a booth or platform per se in there but they're they're going to be present there a lot of times they use like uh, partner stuff like Activision will always a lot of times will often be in with somebody else like they'll be in the Sony booth or something like that, like one of their partners. So some of the bigger name people, they've kind of like said, they've broken away and they're kind of running their own, but it's still a pretty significant event. Uh, So the big news coming out, at least what's projected right now, uh, there's going to be some discussion about new consoles. There's three new consoles that they're really looking at that'll be unveiled. we, we and I think bait even talked about it briefly a couple weeks a couple 3 weeks ago so there's the the Sony PS4K or the PS4.5 if you will uh there's an Xbox uh upgrade as well and it, it looks like they're coming out with two i think one of them is going to be a slimline version and another one is a 4K version the um the other one's really the Nintendo NX that's that they think is going to have some serious play out at E3.
1: So is this basically going to be like PCs where you need the latest version every year to keep up with the coolest stuff?
2: I, d- I, I don't know. I, th- I think they're getting into this interesting sweet spot of if you look at the, the most current gen console and if they're coming out with this 4.5, then you look at something like a Steam Box. Or even some of the Alienware stuff that's out there, the, like these custom, like under the TV, like gaming PCs. It you, we're getting into this kind of weird zone where they're all kind of the same thing right now, or they're about to be. Uh, so I think I'm not sure, Zell is the short answer, uh, but I could definitely see it going away, going the way of they need to kind of pick a band that will work for X amount of time, which then allows software developers to really get after it. Or the other, the other model is they really are just PCs. And what you're doing is you're, you're basically building a PC game that works. It's kind of like, if you build one that works on windows or Mac, you're just building it now for Sony, the Sony architecture versus the, you know, you know, Xbox, which I assume is some very hybridized version of windows or something. but that that's one of the big things that they're they're talking about uh at least as a as a discussion point for uh for E3. Now there's there is a little bit of other news uh in terms of E3. Uh they're talking about some some different games that that might be out there uh, big big discussion is going to be what's going to be coming out for Destiny in t- 2016 or early 17. That's one of the things that folks thinks uh is going to get some air some serious airtimes there. Ah, uh, Titanfall Two uh, looks like that's going to get uh, released at some point. Or at least they're going to have a um, how shall I say, like an unveiling or a uh, like an event for Titanfall Two. Um, let's see which other ones I had on my list. I don't think we're going to see any big Ubisoft titles right now because I think they've they've got all they can handle with Assassin's Creed movie and the division the only you know that's not going as well as ubisoft wanted clearly so the, what you might see is some discussion about what they plan to do for the division in upcoming releases that kind of thing um, weren't they working on for honor also or yep yeah they were um was it is it for honor or dishonored 2 or whatever i don't remember the working title of it i think it's for honor i think that's okay no that one that one certainly may that one certainly may come out uh and I know there's there's reportedly a final fantasy uh like unveiling that's gonna happen there as well,
0: yeah, I'm curious what they're gonna do with that because they've they it's not fifteen because fifteen had its own release they actually did an entire event just for that game it was like a four hour ordeal um so i'm I'm curious to see what that's gonna be all about because it's it's not what I would be expecting.
2: Yeah, I mean, other than that, I think you're talking about maybe some, oh, well, no, you know, the other Square Enix thing that they might they might have is the new Dusex. That's uh,
0: that's right. They, that's
2: probably going to be the one that, that's going to be a big, uh, a big newsmaker. I, yeah, I can't remember the name of it either, I'm sorry. Mankind
0: Divided, and then there's yeah, other there projects go. they're going to be going into, supposedly, to at least talk about, um, probably nothing in development, but at least say this is what we're planning on next once this one comes out.
2: Yeah. No, that makes sense.
0: And a phone uh, app to hold you over, probably. Uh, of course, <laughs> naturally. Which will well, be replicated in the game, of course, because well that's the new thing. Um uh, there's rumors of a Red Dead Redemption sequel, which would be pretty badass, because that game's amazing.
3: You would have thought we would have heard about something like that though. At least I would have uh, Well there there
0: there there's there's been rumors and you know
3: you know how it goes, but it, it seems like it's it's
0: pretty pretty heavily implied that it's it's gonna be announced. So I, that would be pretty neat to see. That
3: would be really fun.
0: The one interesting. Do we know that anything
3: just, about? I'm sorry, go ahead. Does it? Would, do we know anything about uh, maybe some Battlefield One gameplay? Supposedly, there is going to be
0: what I believe is a live a live stream of Battlefield One. It's going to be a sixty four player battle, which is kind of neat. Um, but I I haven't uh, looked too much into it. I'm not really a Battlefield player, but it does seem to be a a, a key point that they're going to be hitting on for uh, E3.
3: And Destiny 2? Do we know anything about
0: that? I, I've heard that Destiny 2 was delayed, I guess, so I'm I, guessing whatever yeah. No, I
2: don't, they're, think they're, I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to try to pump one more big, big yeah. patch out.
0: This is going to be the next Taken King for Destiny before they, they touch Destiny 2. I think they, they realize that they need to get some shit in line before they even start talking about a sequel. Um... Like, that knowing game is... what the
2: hell we were doing in the first
0: game? Oh man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, they they need to divorce themselves from the PS3 in the next game, and I don't know if they're ready to do that um, without you know proper warning, because let's be honest, the Destiny was held back by the PS3, and Xbox um, 360 for that matter, for many reasons. Like, there was a lot of issues that was because, oh, well, we have to make sure it works with you know, the old last gen console, and that's right. that Should needs to end. Hey, <laughs> like, I, now
2: I gotta, now I'm just actually funny you said that, like an open question, Those is, is that something, is that like a call the developer makes, or is that like Sony says, yeah, we're
0: all in, but you got to make it for the three and the four? I don't uh, think Sony cares in okay. that regard I, I think it's the developer who's pushing a game in an awkward time period where both consoles are kind of prevalent but you can't really you don't you don't want to lose the market share of the people that own the old one but not the new one yet so you do it for both um, I, I hate that time period because it's really obnoxious but I, I don't th- I'm guessing that's a developer call because it, it's certainly not universal in games release I... around that time period it, it's it seems to be certain games are doing it. I, I think it,
2: it's, it, a lot it feels of like there's, are, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, Zill.
0: A lot of them are built for
1: the original platform. Like, I mean, and I, I from consoles, I come from the Nintendo world. And the, the big transition, of course, that I remember uh, was the launch of the Wii. Um, and uh, so being the Zelda fanboy that I am, uh, my big thing was at the time was uh, Twilight Princess. And uh, Twilight Princess was released uh, for Wii and GameCube. Um, and obviously they were showing off all the things you could do with it on the Wii with the motion controls that no one liked. Um, but the whole thing was, it was a GameCube game. It was designed for GameCube, but as with Mm -hmm. the current Zelda game, it was delayed to the point that the Wii was coming out. So they went (laughs) ahead and, and so they made it a dual platform game. And the the funniest thing about that, because it's my favorite thing ever, um, in that it, it screws with my head is, um. Uh, the, the, for the Wii, they wanted to make uh, they had to make the character right-handed because most people are right-handed and, they're, uh, and as with many things, they're discriminatory against people with, who are left-handed. Um, <laughs> but uh, Link has actually always been left-handed. So in the GameCube version, he holds his sword with a left hand as he has every previous game. But for the Wii, they had to switch it to the right hand and the only way that they could mechanically do it at the phase of the game that they were in was they mirror imaged the entire freaking game the whole map is completely reversed really i didn't know that yeah it is the whole game is left right flipped um everything the maps you know, all of it um is left right flipped because that was involved in flipping the which hand that link used in the game
0: that's funny Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the Nintendo thing because I'm reading here and it looks like the Nintendo NX is not a replacement for the Wii U. It's not considered. It's supposed to
1: be something like it's 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 going to be one of Nintendo's attempts to be like super out of the box.
0: Well, you know what that. That tends to usually work for them. They they it, tend it to does. usually nail it, and that's why I'm I'm glad they're they're sticking to their guns and in doing the Nintendo thing and not and not going. Oh, we're gonna you know upgrade the graphics. It's gonna be great. Like you know Sony and Microsoft is they're gonna go. We're gonna do something weird that's never been done before. Let's see if you like it. Because, well, I mean they
1: have a they have they have missed more than once. I mean sure sure. There's the the Virtual Boy of fame. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, the Wii U is a is a complete complete failure it's a it's a disaster and i the the big thing honestly the goal was i think to get some sort of feature parody and the dual screen thing with the ds um so they could play games back and forth with them and stuff like that but um you know the the reality is it never had any really good compelling games for it
0: there's a couple but yeah um but yeah, I mean, But that's... then they, they came out with the 3DS. I mean, like <laughs> come right. on. Like that that's that's unlike anything that existed at the time or exists now. I mean, And the it, and the Wii when it came
1: out was huge as well. Oh, yeah. you know, it the, was
0: it, first of its kind.
1: Um the thing is, is Nintendo for for better or worse, hit or miss, the reason that they haven't simply made game, you know, become simply become a game publisher or simply made your average basically a PC console box is because they're they are committed to really trying to reinvent the f- what it is to be a game console every time they put something out, and mm-hmm. sometimes that works, and sometimes it really, really doesn't.
0: Um, yeah, but you know, you got to take a risk to come up with something brilliant, and I don't right. think they're afraid of doing that because that's what people expect of them. So, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to that um supposedly that's going to be unveiled at at e3 here Um, i don't think it's going to be a a main focus actually they seem to be looking at other things no they they i think they wanted to debut the new zelda so you know we'll we'll see how that goes as well um because i'm a big zelda fan like you so i'm I'm excited to see what's how it's all going to work out and what nintendo has in store because you know at the very least upgraded graphics are cool but you know if they're going to be weird and that's that's good. You know, we, we need weird every once in a while. And that's why still to this day, despite being primarily a, a Sony um, gamer, uh, always love watching Nintendo stuff because it's something that no one else can offer. And I think that that's, that's definitely their strongest suit. And I'm glad to see that they're really going back and making sure that they they hit that again. So cool stuff. Um, I think that we're, we're kind of pushing the time here. I know that Jay's got to take off pretty quick here. So uh, we're going to move into shout outs real quick and we'll we'll start with Jay. Um, what's wait, going on, man? Wait, wait. We had – what? What we did? What we had? Uh, we had
1: uh, we had a tag along last minute. Was was did Bait want to say things?
3: No, dude. Bate's already said what Bate's gonna say.
0: Yeah, we're 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 gonna see what what I think he said. Pokemon Go. What if they announce anything in E three? And we'll see how that goes. I mean, there's yeah, I, not I, much more I, to I, talk I, about that right now. But you no, know,
3: is, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it at E three.
0: Yeah, um, that, that's I mean, an interesting the,
3: project, though. It is really interesting, and I'm I'm kind of excited for it. Um, but and I, you know, I think a lot of people are excited for it, which is you know something that Nintendo has going for them uh, on that front. But obviously, with with everything at E3, we'll just have to wait and see um, see how that plays out.
0: For sure. Uh, all right, so I, we will. Was a, go ahead. I see.
1: See, I know, I know, Jane to Yeah, you. I know, um, just killing me. I, I was an Ingress player, and in, um, so uh, Pokemon Go is essentially Niantic's next Ingress-based type mechanical game, um, and uh, it requires a Google account. And it obviously, because it's a GPS-based game, it, it tracks your location story at you know incredible levels. Um, so I, I think I'm probably going to pass this time around. Um, but it's it's good fun, especially if you get a good. Uh, you get you actually will run into a neighborhood of other players who play in your area. Um and that actually becomes really cool. I have in I have friends that I know like solely because of Ingress and that includes enemies from Ingress. Um there was one guy who was just like absolutely he ticked me off because every time I would, you know, secure an area, he'd come take it like as soon as I went to bed. And I was just like, screw that guy. He was driving out from like Sugar Grove, which is like an hour and a half from me. And one time I drove all the way out there just to screw with him. And then I realized how much money I was spending on gas to play this stupid GPS game, and I stopped.
0: Yeah, and, and that may be a, a, a element that turns some people off, and some people may not care. Um, but that's just kind of comes down to personal preference. It, it is certainly a, a nice, interesting twist on you know local gaming opposed to remote gaming, like we've been seeing for the last you know decade and a half. But uh, you know, I, it, it's it's going to be cool. I mean, Nintendo always you know rolls out neat stuff, and Pokemon is is no. Uh, Stranger to that, they've certainly had some interesting things that they've tried in the past, but still stuck to their roots. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. I'm not a huge Pokemon player, but I am curious to see how they're gonna pull this off and if it is as cool as it sounds. So we'll certainly see and, and hopefully get some news in the near future. Was there anything else anyone else wanted to touch on before we move into shout outs? Nope, give it to Jay first. You good? Okay. Jay, go ahead. What's up, man? Yep. Real quick, super super
2: fast shout out. There is one and only have been one, greatest of all time. Muhammad Ali. Thanks, guys. I'll see you later.
0: Later, Jay. And that is true. Uh, Muhammad Ali recently passed away, for those of you who aren't, haven't been tracking, so that's that's pretty sad, but uh, you know, pretty incredible history behind that guy, so if you're not familiar, you should totally look it up. Um, Alright, shoutouts. Uh, let's start with Zell, top of the list. What's up, man?
1: Um, I delayed the shoutouts, and I still don't I, have I, a shoutout. You know,
0: this is why you get no sympathy from me. <laughs> I
1: know. Um, uh, the, the sun is finally receding from my skin. I have, I, I am no longer bright red. Rudolph jokes can now
0: subside. Wh- wh- when did you burn yourself? A week ago. What were you doing?
1: I complained about it on the podcast. Um, I was oh. outside. I was outside.
0: No, that's, that's a problem. You shouldn't do that.
1: It, yeah, no, I, I, I learned better. <laughs> <laughs> I went outside you last week. You should know. And I've been suffering since. <laughs> Wait, uh, where do you live? Chicago. Yeah, he you must have been outside
0: for a while. We, we live in in Arizona, and it was 122 <laughs> degrees yesterday. So I, I I don't really care. You got sunburned it's, in Chicago. It's not the
1: heat. It's the it's the UV. It's, okay,
0: uh, the the heat comes from the UV, my friend. It's <laughs> it's yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I
1: was outside. I was doing important things. I was directing traffic for four hours. So. I know.
0: Oh. That's going to be an interesting story for some other time. I'm, I'm curious now, but will we'll, we'll there, no
1: axi- there were no car accidents on my watch.
0: I, I just want to know who entrusted directing traffic to a gamer nerd in Chicago. I'm I'm, uh, I'm curious and
1: <laughs> Forest Preserve and uh, CERT, which is a, uh, a bunch of regional uh, preparedness organizations that are supported by the Department of Homeland Security.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, very cool. Uh, all right, Bait, shout-outs, man. I know you just ch- jumped in here, but anything you want to give a shout-out before we take off?
3: Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I am currently out of town, so I had to do some flying today. I'd like to give a shout-out to American Airlines for having the snazziest aircraft ever, f- ever flown in. Um, so that was pretty cool.
0: Cool, cool. And uh, Libby, you have a shout-out?
2: Um, my shout-out is going to be to the scientists who are trying to prove that Super Mario can actually be as hard as complex math.
0: If for you know, in in anyone who's actually played Mario, they know how hardcore that game actually is. Like, I've gone back and played Super Mario World, and I'm like, Jesus, this is like Dark Souls in two D. It's it's crazy. Right,
2: you keep going, and you're like, I'm gonna fall and die, but whatever, do it again. Fine, continue.
1: Yep. Continue. Have you seen those some of the the uh, videos of uh, some of the ridiculously stupid mario maker maps that people have come up Aww. with that, oh yeah that require Please, like yes. 60 billion chained like jumps where you bounce off things that are falling in order to progress and it's
0: if you're like... caucasian you can't clear this level you know that <laughs> sort of thing like, <laughs> oh there's just no way <laughs> like...
1: and the thing is, is they don't they don't let you post a map online unless you've beaten it so like when you see like this ridiculously stupid map you have to realize that there is at least one human being on the face of the planet who has beaten that map.
0: See, see now what I would do is make a, a level that you actually physically can't complete, but hide a secret shortcut, so I myself would know what the shortcut is, and would complete the map, and no one else would, and they would you know, bash their head into a wall for hours trying to get through a map that actually isn't possible to beat, unless you know the, the trick. You're sick. I, I, there is that yeah. one guy that actually proposed to his girlfriend. Like... Arranging the blocks or whatever—that's cringeworthy, cute. Like it's—it's <laughs> it's painful, but also kind of cute in an awkward, horrible it, it, clearly way. Clearly,
1: you have to find the the right kind of girl for that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And like
1: I'm nowhere near. <laughs> have not found one.
0: Like if, if she just likes watching you play, but isn't like a hardcore gamer, you 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 done goof. Like that's that's not gonna fly, guys. Just for all the gamers out there that might be thinking, getting ideas now, just make you better be damn sure before you pull something like that. Okay, and uh, my shout-out's probably going to actually be to the band team at Overwatch for doing it the right way. Um, the the stories that I hear coming out of this stuff is hilarious and, and how they're dealing with the cheaters, and I think that's fantastic because as someone who doesn't really play many competitive online PC games but probably will be getting into it if, you know, Nova becomes a thing, I I do like to see that Companies have at least least some companies have the ability to really crack down on cheating and and provide a a positive gaming experience for people because, you know, that's obviously an issue or it can be an issue in some cases. So props to you guys. Keep up the good work and keep rooting cheaters days because, you know, that's that's a lot of fun. Um, And with that said, I think we're going to bring this in for a close. So uh, as Jay always says in the show, uh, thanks for listening to Biomass episode 108 and good night and good luck.